Like, I feel like we've been watching the same movie over and over. Yeah, four times. <laughs> four times now. This only the third week, and it's weird that we've already, like, watched the other one. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to keep all of that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, uh, can I just ask you whether intentional or just these are the kind of movies we thought we would were deep? Yeah, because, like, I was walking with Julia. I had this dumb idea to like do films that were like similar to Donnie Darko. And these are the films that came up in my head. (laughs) But even if you were throwing Donnie Darko in here, it'd be the same. They're all the same movie. (laughs) They're all time travel rom-com basically. Yeah. Except for garden state. That one sort of of, uh, stands out a little bit. The only linear one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the only one that's not like jumping around in time. And Dag Braff can't deal with it. It's too high concept for Dag Braff. <laughs> is that why? There's your answer. Is that why Hollywood won't hire Zach Braff anymore? That's why. <laughs> he couldn't run with the big boy, you know? The movie changed. And it's like, this is what we need from you. And he's like, I can't do it, man. I, can't I don't, do I don't it. understand. I can't do it. Can't gun do it. Gun stay <laughs> too. That's you know, all I got. Like, you know, he yeah, he tried that that bit where he tells the story about, you know, him trying to kill his mom or whatever. But, you know, he doesn't actually go there. <laughs> we don't see it. He just it's like, come fucking, on, man. <laughs> he can't even push a tear out, much less exactly. like, like, you know, bring a fucking memory <laughs> into <laughs> the, the forefront. It's easy. All you have to do is fucking read your old diary. Yeah, dude. We know the rules. Or like go to some like fucking brain erasure thing or something. You know, like they'll like. <laughs> They'll put you in a state where you somehow are in control of your memories and you can talk to someone in your memory, even though that's not really them. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird. I don't know. All you have to do is put the thing on with like a giant hairdryer. Yeah. Like what they have a women's style on. Yeah. And you lie down and you have Mark Ruffalo diddle you overnight. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. And you wake up and you're happier. Yeah. And you have a perm. Welcome <laughs> to the Pot Charles Cinecast. Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema and the Breadcrumbs Collect. Well, this is your host, Jonathan Foster, and I am here today with my memory boy, Delay Pedal, Phil. How's it going, Phil? Do you remember Memory Boy Delay Pedals? They're pretty cool. No. It's like pretty- a analog delay. It sounds pretty cool. Pretty cool little pedal. They have some that are like memory toys, which I think are the smaller ones. Oh, cool. A little bit more streamlined delay pedal. And then Memory Boy's got a fuck ton of buttons. It makes it go. Or you can just get straight. Like, you know, that's what delay pedals do. That's me. That's what I do to the podcast. They go, they go, hey, 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 hey. You know, they give you that slap back or they give you. That's oh, like, cool. that's the range of a delay pedal. <laughs> Actually, the range is a little bit more like this. 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 Because like, it could go like on really slow for a long time, or it could just yeah. be straight. Right away, yeah. A blade just cutting you in half. <laughs> if you're not a guitar player, like, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is what we're into language. now. My mind has been fucked by these last three weeks of films uh so excuse me that i'd rather just talk about guitar pedals from now on phil how are you doing i'm fine <laughs> i'm ill again ill again so, let's blow past that yeah again it's not the corona 
The only one to not nugget trade. But you have two. You've had two thick boys in a row now. You had the old Jimmy C. <laughs> Jimmy that's me. C. With the 102 fever. Yeah. But still wilding out. He's a fucking gangster. 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 That episode finally came out. I mean, great. it's weird it's because we're episode. talking now and like next week's. <sighs> we're talking now and last <laughs> week's episode hasn't come out yet. Bro, this, these are the movies. I've, this is I'm, the whole thing. Yeah, I'm met, I'm like in the background time traveling with you guys. And uh, You're just fucking with you us. You guys don't even know. I'm messing with the schedule and everything. So yeah, I am sorry if you're expecting... No, he's not. You know, <laughs> uh, Butterfly Effect two weeks ago and you got it last week instead. But that's all I can say about it. Blame me. I'm going on vacation. Yeah, that's that is crazy. exactly what's happening. Phil's about to go and actually when this episode comes out, it'll be <laughs> it'll like be one weekend, I think. Yeah. Ha! <laughs> to, to his New York vacation that's finally <coughs> happening. It might happen. It's happening, I think. <laughs> it's been, I mean, we've had it booked for a year and it's been delayed three times. <sighs> and every time we've lost money. Yeah. Because they're bullshit like that. Because it's like, well, we didn't cancel the flight. But it's like, yeah, but we can't fly over there. <laughs> Technically, it's illegal, bro. Yeah. It's like, that's well, the flight to run, if you're not on it, not our fault. You have to pay to cancel it. That's what the, they sound like in my head. Well, yeah. you know? Well, well it's not <laughs> it's our fault. Boy. Yeah. Boy well. yeah. <laughs> my dog is like in charge of everything in my well. head. It's like, so I call up the fucking airline. They're like, well, you know, you didn't give me a treat that time. <laughs> well, that's what you get. <laughs> Send me to your brother and uh, not hang hey. out with me as much as I would like you to. You don't remember who I am, it's fine. Yeah. When's the last time you saw Boy? I don't remember. <laughs> I was supposed to see him to drop just like tear roll die. Yeah, again, more than Dag Braff could do. <laughs> I was supposed to see him today. I might still try, but I feel like fucking shit. Yeah. I don't want to make my brother sick and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's me. That's what I'm dealing with. It's funny because we're going to record next week and I'm still going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to pretend like it for the week and shit. And pretend like you are like in New York or something? I don't yeah. Know. Oh, it was great. <laughs> no oh, idea. we saw the building. <laughs> oh, man. You should have been there. Everybody <laughs> talked funny. Yeah. We'll catch we, back up about that in December. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a New York episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do Home Alone 2 and we'll say, fuck it. You know, it'll be, and I'll just talk about my holiday. Yeah. <laughs> and we won't talk about the movie because it's not great. What about you? You had a very special thing happen. What, my baseball team won the World Series? Fuck Woo! yeah, man. I got my World Series champions. Represent champion. The only time like we can wear it. To come. <laughs> uh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you got it. I was like, no, dude, you had a child. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the Braves winning the World Series would take precedent over child right now. Well, it's just more sorry. of a, a rare thing. Right. Sorry. Sorry, Devon. This kid will be there the next day. I mean, yeah. like, the Braves, the Braves the winning. Series. It's been 26 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That yeah, would uh, no. that the last time I spoke to you before that it would like you were like it's not gonna happen because they yeah, were in the dude. exact same position they were last year. Yeah, but they fucking they were, pulled it out. They were facing the Dodgers, and I think that night they ended up like beating the Dodgers, and then they went on to face the Houston Trashtros. 
the Yay. the cheating team, the Houston Astros. They were the ones that got in trouble a couple years ago for um, uh, a really weird, unsophisticated, sophisticated sign stealing scheme where they were stealing the pitcher's signs. Like, so they were figuring out what the pitcher was going to throw, oh. and then they were like banging it on trash cans. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. That's really fucked up. Yeah. I didn't hear about that. I thought you were literally going to be talking about the Jim Cummings thing, <laughs> but everybody knows about that. And that's how. Yeah, that, old news. yeah it happened. Ago. And I listened to that. I already told you I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't need to say it. It's good, yeah? though. It's good. It, was, it was a really good episode. Jim was very nice, and uh, hopefully we'll have some more coming soon. I'm not sure when this episode goes out anymore. Literally, I'm so confused with my schedule. But there might be Gareth Evans from the Raid fame on the Ooh. podcast soon. Yeah. And uh, who knows? I mean, Alex Winter is going to be in London for like like five days now. We're turning into like a, a real podcast. Right? Yeah. I did say at the end of the episode, I don't like doing guests on the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the yeah. fuck Jim Covington. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I like doing those kind of episodes. They're fun every so often. But I like this bullshit because last week, Phil, we gave ourselves a brain aneurysm trying to suffocate ourselves with our own umbilical cords. Do you think Jim Cummings, like, you know, could ever bring up anything like that? I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) Inside of our mother's respective wombs because we were fed up with going back in time to change the events that led us to have to go back in time and dig up these silly movies in the first place. And now, if only we could erase these godforsaken thoughts altogether. Bill, it's time for Two Thoughts Too Deep. Too Deep? <laughs> Remember that time you saw that film that you thought was super deep? It wasn't really the deep, but you were too dumb and young to know. It's okay, though, because we are going to rewatch them to make sure you weren't just a dumbass who thought the following movie was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And well, if it is, we'll reject any preconceived notions about said movie and we will praise it. I highly doubt that will happen. It's time for Two Thoughts Too Deep. It's week three of our mini-arc, Two Thoughts Too Deep, and we've been given a card from a friend that revealed what really happened at the end of episode 100 part two of this podcast and the fate of the friendship of blank and blank. Sorry, the names have been erased, but ignited in flames and a couple of demons laugh (laughs) and another card magically appeared that read Forget your troubles, come on, get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. Get ready for judgment day. And that too ignited in flames and a couple of demons. (laughs) Magically, a third card appeared that said free brain damage with purchase of blue ruin hair dye and a copy of what film on DVD, Phil? And a lot just happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Is it Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm Clementine, by the way. I'm Joel. Hi, Joel. No jokes about my name. You like? Oh. Oh. 
You look like a tangerine. I want to be a great, big, huge elephant. You're trying to figure out, did I have sex with someone tonight? Isn't that how you get people to like you? Here at Lacuna, we have a safe technique for the focused erasure of troubling memories. Is there any risk of brain damage? Technically, the procedure is brain damage. But it's on a par with a night of heavy drinking. Nothing you'll miss. Ah! I'm in my head already, That baby's history. It's all being wiped away. They're erasing you, Clem. You'll be gone by morning. Whoa, careful. Come on, come on. Step back. Broach the guy. I loved you on this day. Please, let me keep this memory. The eraser guys are coming here. Wake yourself up! We're working like gangbusters. I need somewhere deeper. Can you hear me? I don't want this anymore! I want to call it off! He's up in that. You seem to have lost him for a moment. Oh, dear. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. I want my mommy. This is sort of warped. Joel Barish, played by Jim Carrey, is an emotionally withdrawn man who impulsively skips work one day and meets Clementine Krasinski, played by Kate Winslet, who is a dysfunctional free spirit. They are inexplicably attracted to each other, despite their different personalities. They do not realize it at the time, but they are former lovers, now separated after two years together. After a nasty fight, Clementine has had her memories of their relationship erased from her mind. Upon learning this, Joel is devastated and goes to the same doctor to have the same procedure done. However, while unconscious, Joel has second thoughts and decides he wants to keep his memories of Clementine within his own brain. Joel tries to find a way to preserve his memories of Clementine as two techies at the Lacuna Corporation. Patrick, played by Elijah Wood, and Stan, played by Mark Ruffalo, try to erase them. But there are even more threats to this tale as Patrick has secretly been courting the now Joel-free Clementine using the mementos and keepsakes Joel surrendered over to the Lacuna Corporation and Lacuna receptionist. Mary, played by Kirsten Dunst, discovers the dirty secrets behind her not-so-simple crush on Dr. Howard Mirzwiak, played by Tom Wilkinson, the mastermind behind the whole Mind Erasure service. It's the 2004 romantic sci-fi dramedy directed by Michelle Gondry and written by Charlie Kaufman. Phil, Here we go. hot takes out the gate. Eternal sunshine in the spotless mind. 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 Hot take. <laughs> it's good. It was good. This is supposed to be the good one. Forgot to preface that. This was yeah, the, this, this was like the one good one we were giving you guys. And it is it is a good one. <laughs> I didn't it was just it was it was a lot better than I remember. Mm-hmm. It's a lot fucking weirder than I remember. Yeah. Maybe you know you can't you compartmentalize it in your brain. I haven't seen this since I was like a kid and it probably a lot of it went over my head. 
<laughs> um, but like, I was like, oh, that's cool. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to it now and it's like, you're knee deep in it. <laughs> you're like, you're really aware of what's happening. Yeah. No, I think it's a, a really interesting film. <laughs> Again, we've already joked that we're doing the same film four times. Um, but this may be the most, uh, uh, the best meshing of the genre tier with yeah. the sci-fi and the rom-com. I think they're both done really interestingly. I don't know. I think it's a really like, it's hard to talk about because it's like, I can't say I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, but it is one of you those You know films. what I mean? Yeah, it's not, I know what you're saying. It's not very fun, quite distressing a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really weird. It's off, really fucking offbeat. And, and that's the end thing that I ended up actually appreciating more about it that doesn't really bother to explain certain things or you have to pick up on certain things and you get to it's more of a feeling at the end and it's sort of wrapped up in itself. I think that's all done well. It's very like back to the future too, the way it done that, you know, you start at the end, but you don't realize you're at the end yeah. yet until you reach Dude, the end. That's really I cool. Completely forgot about that. Like I, I, I saw this film like in 2004, I think when it came out and I saw yeah. it, I'm pretty sure I saw it in cinema and um, I was, you know, obviously big fan of Jim Carrey. We've talked about Jim Carrey quite a few yeah, times and man. stuff. And like, I saw it again, probably once or twice years later, mm. but it's one of those weird ass movies. It's been a long time since I've seen it as well. That It's like you, if you haven't watched it like very recently, you're going to forget certain details. And I completely forgot it started it the way it does. Cause I'm yeah. like, what, what? <laughs> like, like, cause I was like, like why once, are we jumping into this? Yeah. Once weird. it goes back to like, um, it gets, it gets back to that, part that shot of him at the bed and you're like, Oh, you realize yeah. you're at the beginning. And it goes through the credits and all that and shit. And I was just like, um, cause the opening credits take a long time to get in. Yeah. And then like, to get to work. It, it does something really funny where you see how he meets her. And then there's like a, a there's a comment either he says, or, they show how he meets her like on the beach and then it's confusing. Cause you're like, yeah, yeah. I thought he already, I thought he met her like, <laughs> early uh, on the train. What? <laughs> and it's like, but he met her at this, this gathering at the beach. I'm so confused. And then you realize, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> that this is a time, a time skip thing that's going yeah. on here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's not even the weird thing. Like, you know, I honestly forgot all about the subplot with the, uh, you know, the people like operating on him. Yeah, like completely how much, forgot who like, was in this film. Kirsten Dunst whole thing, which yeah. I loved. Yeah. Her and Mark Ruffalo, fucking, I loved that. Yeah. I forgot about that. There was such an interesting story behind the story happening. Yeah, yeah. But it's important to what happens later, that so you need it. It's actually really well done. Uh, even Elijah Wood is such like a little piece, little piece of shit. In it. Little I fucking love piece it. of shit. I love it's it. great. It's so funny. Yeah, because it's so weird at first when he's just like, what are you doing here? Can I help you? Yeah. yeah. Can I help you? And what you are you doing and you're, here? You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then that totally makes sense later. Yeah. But it's also like, fuck you. You just did the same thing. Yeah. Well, you've, you're trying to steal this guy's life. Yeah. It's, it's funny because he like, Elijah Wood, I think his you, you don't know at the time, but like what why he's asking is sort of like he's not supposed to be there. He's supposed yeah, to have yeah. forgotten her. It's like um, how did you hook up again? <laughs> this isn't right. Yeah. Like, kind of me. 
but it's um it's it's so it's a weird movie. It's a very it's Charlie Kaufman. It's a very so Charlie, Charlie Kaufman, Kaufman script. It starts like every fucking Charlie Kaufman movie. He loves just the fucking self-deprecating, de- like <laughs> depressed yeah. guy monologuing to yeah. himself at the beginning, being like, "I should go to the gym." That's it's what just, that, it's that, him. That, that, yeah, that'll make people <laughs> like me. And it's the same thing in adaptation. Yeah. So it's like okay, but it's comfortable. It's your way in, but it's bold and it it's good and it's insightful. I think it's actually a really uncompromisingly honest. Uh, look at relationship but mm-hmm. like in a really it's vague and specific and it kind of, so it's kind of hard to there are moments that I think are really good but it's like as a whole it's hard to really buy their relationship because you don't get a lot of it you you know you get a lot of it through the bad stuff again it's one of these like rom-coms that try to it's subvert the genre by like it's essentially a breakup movie yeah like a Blue Valentine and like next week's movie. Mm-hmm. But through that, you still actually get a love story because, you know, he learned that the memories are worth keeping, even if they're painful, because he loved this person. But it's very weird. It's bolstered by very interesting direction by Michelle Gondry. I think it's really, really cool to look at. Yeah. There's some moments I don't like, but we'll get into it later. And, and I think it, got two amazing performances at yeah. the center. Kate Winkler and it's fucking Jim Carrey and I love Jim Carrey and it's such a soft like untempered uh, performance from him and from what I know it's one he kind of had to be tricked into doing <laughs> yeah. but yeah. it it really it really paid off so th- this was good this was, it was a lot better than I remember there were so many more layers to it than I remembered mm-hmm. and I thought it was you know it's a very ugly beautiful you know, look at relationship, but mm-hmm. it's also very fucking weird. Yeah. And it's bit that really took me out of it. <laughs> that like, it just, I felt like oh, I went maybe a bit too far in anything, but it, I think it's one that it, it maybe hold the mantle. Like we thought it was deep then and it's still kind of deep now. I felt like I haven't still, I haven't quite figured everything out about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Cause like I said, I saw it back in the day, and I, I think it was sort of like, you know, when you're young, a cool mind fuck of a film. It's like, oh, cool, man. It's a mind so fuck, like, yeah. And then you like watch it again over the years, and like I prefaced, you know, saying that we would give you like one where I thought would still hold up pretty well. And this one does. It's, uh, it, it actually has, you know, some extra stuff to say kind of there. It, it, you know, you know what I mean? It's not like, um, I don't know. You know, they're all saying whatever they want to say, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, there is stuff to think about rather than um, just like sort of God, like garden state or more superficial. Yeah. It's sort of superficial. It's like glossed over. It's sort of like, you know, it's making you think there's a lot more there, you know, but really what's at the surface is at the surface. (laughs) There's not like a big iceberg underneath it or anything, you know? Um, but this has like a pretty meaty story and yeah, like Jim Carrey, like, um, uh, we've talked about it when we did a uh, Truman show and we've, you know, talked about, uh, briefly just kind of like how we've liked man on the moon and stuff. And this is like, I think this, I think the first film that Jim Carrey did where people, I think people really could get on board with him doing more serious stuff. And, and, I know yeah. he's done it every, like every so often you'll do some things here and there, but he still was never fully committed like he did with this film. And like you said, it is a bit like, um, he, he was a bit, tr- he was a bit tricked into it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of an interesting story behind it and everything. But Kate Winslet is amazing. She puts on mm. like such a great performance. 
Um, it'll be nice to talk about that when we get to her as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this just the whole the whole thing is a it's really fun film. I mean, Michelle Gondry is like got a really cool style. Um, some of the stuff he was doing was pretty interesting when they were making this film, and like you know, some of those shots on the like ice and stuff are so so memorable. Like you know, just them yeah. laying there, and then also like. Like when he's going back to those memories and she's just like disappearing into the shadows. Like those are such cool shots. Like all these things are really cool. Like, you know, and the memories are fading away and like oh God, very yeah. trippy, weird film. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. I like Any of the stuff him walking just and a lot of it, just him like storming through the house with her in tow. And they just go room to room and like steps are like collapsing around yeah, them. And yeah. It's just a spotlight that keeps moving and it's really well, it's really smart because you get to cover up, I guess, the cuts and stuff and like people start to lose their faces and shit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's him so desperately trying. Really, it's really visceral. Like yeah. you can actually feel like him it, it like trying to fight against the tide against yeah. the thing like yeah, yeah. someone is on the outside trying to take the thing away from him and he's normally trying to run up catch up to it and realizing he has to hide the little bit he had in other memories i think that's cool that's when it goes a bit weird for me but yeah. it's a cool idea yeah for sure and it's yeah. represented it visualized really fucking well and i can't imagine anyone else doing that besides michelle gondry like yeah. it's very specific a lot of the stuff he was doing to too were like uh, pretty practical as well, which is kind of cool. Like, um, yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Like, it, even like a lot of the stuff with the sets and the house and stuff when it's kind of getting washed away by the ocean and stuff, that was oh, all like yeah. practical effects. Oh, they cool. just put the fucking house in the ocean. I think Love it was that. like he got in trouble for that as well too, because like I think like there was something like he w- he was trying to do it, and the guys who were working on the on, on the sets and stuff like you know refused and they like quit or something i can't remember or or they he fired them and then because they were all union guys and stuff and um then he like just got like some other people who were on the crew and the actors and stuff just to go like put the fucking set into the ocean <laughs> and then the next thing you know like he's getting a bollocking from like the executives or something you can't like, do that <laughs> so funny <laughs> but yeah like I, I i like that it was a lot of practical effects and stuff i mean like well, the one thing that was really big with obviously with special effects cgi or whatever was like the fucking blurring of the faces and that's like yeah. weird because i just saw last night in soho if you well i guess when this comes out it would be a couple weeks back but do they do um, the same effect they, yeah there's a, this blurring face thing that agar wright does and i was just like whoa he totally just nicked that from this film yeah <laughs> i mean maybe not intentionally but um yeah there's no, like probably. a lot of that going on in last night so, so yeah that's funny weird. that's an effect you can get away with because it, it, it's supposed to look unreal mm-hmm. so it's okay if it looks like literally like you went in with a computer and punched someone's face <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. that's literally what happened. Yeah. It's not like you're trying to represent like yeah. a real thing of like a people without faith. It yeah. totally worked. And even the more janky bit work because it's more like the stitching, like that, that great bit where he's like, he keeps running to the end of the road and it's the same corner. Mm-hmm. And like those bits are a bit janky because you, it's like almost, you can see the, they're cutting between two shots over and over again. But it, it works because it's still a real thing. Always love that effect as well. It's, it's so, um, nightmare on elm street you know like it, just, it always reminds me of that sort of thing yeah. like where you just like you're trying to get away or something and then like you're going one way and then like 
you realize that you're kind of going the same way you were going and you turn around and Freddie's still behind you. It's just yeah. like, he's always there and it's like, you can't get out. It's so scary. <laughs> like those, I believe that is like one of the scarier things that you could possibly put on screen. It's just like someone stuck in a continuous loop of, of shit. Yeah, what do you do off. if you yeah. can't run away? Yeah. You're just their fucked. only thing. You're <laughs> fucked. Yeah. But please, I want you to try and explain the movie to me. Well, yeah, we'll get into it. And I, I think like, uh, you should just, chime in whenever you want to talk about like any things that you're kind of confused about um okay. because i don't know what you're you're or, yeah. or whatever you know so obviously just whatever whenever you feel like you want to ask like what about this and we'll go yeah. into it how come we can talk to it memory yeah you know like the doctor kind of taking I don't think it they to, even know. and how did the doctor know but then the yeah. doctor said you know like i'm only you know I'm you. I can only give you so much. I can't give you new information. Yeah. I'll get into like a a couple of bits where I think they were like stuck on like, uh, and what they decided to do to explain it. But yeah, I don't know if it still explains it. (laughs) Eternal sunshine stemmed back from a, from conversations in 1998 between Michelle Gondry and his longtime friend and artist, Pierre Bismuth. Bismuth had conceived of the idea of erasing certain people from people's minds in response to a friend's like complaining about her boyfriend. And when he asked her if she could erase that boyfriend from her memory, she said yes. So originally Bismuth wanted to use this idea as an art experiment where he'd send these cards to people saying that someone they knew had been erased from the recipient's memory. That makes them. And Bismuth eventually opted not to pursue the project, but Michelle Gondry liked the concept and he enlisted uh, Bismuth's aid in developing a story around it. Yeah. This is like our Crowman episode. (laughs) It's like someone sent a card, they were like, this episode has been deleted. Like, please don't. Or God in 60 seconds. Like, this episode didn't happen. Don't ever mention it to John and (laughs) Phil again. Uh, Michelle Gondry then approached uh, writer Charlie Kaufman with the idea and they developed it into a short pitch. They didn't really think it'd be marketable, but the two were surprised when a bidden war started over it. And eventually Steve Gullen of Propaganda Films, who would serve as one of the producers on the film, purchased it for a low seven figure sum. Charlie Kaufman said, then I got stuck having to write it which was a lot harder. <laughs> it was very easy to tell the initial story in a five-minute kind of soundbite, but the practical problems of memory erasing, having this person in their memory as it was being erased, and having the story being told from the end of the relationship to the beginning, all that became very <laughs> complicated. But it took a while for Kaufman to begin the writing process as he went on to work on adaptation Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and Human Nature, which the latter of became the directorial debut for Michelle Gondry, so they were working together anyway. Okay. And during this time, Christopher Nolan's memory erasure film, Memento, came out and started making waves. How did we not do any Nolan in this season? I feel like that. <laughs> it's like too thought. I get they're too recent. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like Memento would have been kind of like a good one. Maybe. Yeah, I'd rather do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we already Same did. Kind of movie. We already did like we did Inception. Inception. We did it. That's the most two thoughts too deep episode ever. <laughs> yeah, 
Just everybody stop commenting now. Yeah. Do that. We've already done it. We've done it. Yeah. And it's Put still fucking points. spinning around. You know, like. I w- still never saw Tenet. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> Tenet's sort of like Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat. You know, it's like. Not dead or alive. Yeah. Don't know. I'm not going to look in the box. I don't really care. If I do look in the box, then it, it exists. If I don't look, then it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. There's an analogy there somewhere. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So during this time, like I said, Memento had come out and it was getting really popular and it caused uh, Kaufman to get really worried and he tried pulling out of the project. But Golan was adamant that he and Michelle Gondry complete the script. So during all this, the project would change ownership numerous times as propaganda films were bought by USA and then. That moved over to Focus Features. So that's why it's a Focus Features film. And they ran into a couple of problems. So Kaufman said, I wanted to show the memories and Joel's reaction to the memories as Joel's interaction with Clementine outside of the memories in the memories. How do you do that? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) How do you actually have someone in and out of the memories at the same time? It was very complicated. He's like arcing the interviewer, like, tell me, how do I do that? (laughs) So eventually he and Michelle Gondry decided that if Joel would experience his memories, uh, know he's in a memory, and he'd be able to (laughs) comment on the memory like someone who's having a lucid dream. So that's kind of what we get in the film. But it's, yeah, it's fucking weird. You're you're doing everything from... uh, Suddenly, a the third, second perspective. Yeah, not at first point of view. Like he's suddenly, yeah, he's watching his own memory, but it's like he's the passenger on the journey through his own mind. Yeah, which isn't really how that would work. I think what makes it more confusing is that sometimes he's existing as a um, like some like you know how some dreams happen like where he and also it is a dream so i guess anything can happen in your dreams i don't know but sometimes he's there as a spectator and then sometimes the he's in the dream and he's actually able yeah, to like, be the like jolt in the dream yeah so it change thing it's like i walk out the door or when he's a fucking child yeah yeah, when this he's is, a child. That's yeah. the bit that I did like. You don't it like the get, child bit. It gets yeah. way too fucking weird, yeah. man. Like, what? <laughs> I just, I didn't page to that. You know, I didn't want to see Jim Carrey running around in PJ acting like a child and like a giant Kate Winslet, like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. under the table trying to. It just, it went into a weird territory with like, yeah. What? Are you trying to fucking mum now? Like, this is really weird. And then they're taking a bath in the thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's, so it's just weird it, and it so wouldn't weird. have been it, it's interesting to go that deep with it yeah and that but it's like it's him being the kid and it's suddenly you're doing like a lord of the ring fourth perspective yeah giant i was prop. gonna say that did they like like michelle gondry ask like elijah wood how they filmed those I scenes <laughs> like, yeah. how'd you fill those scenes you know how, how was ian mckellen so big <laughs> <laughs> is he really that big <laughs> Michelle Gondry doesn't understand how camera things work. I don't know. I'm from France. France. We have giant in France, you know? We just, if we want a giant wizard, we find one. We put them underground. 
Yeah. <laughs> we make them. I don't know. I yeah. I think I think it's a bit odd though, um, for sure. But it's hard. But that I felt like a that I felt like they were breaking a, a rule there. Yeah. I didn't at that point. I didn't really understand. Yeah. Yeah. Whether he is part of it. Again, this is a butterfly effect, right? This was like, is he a child or is he a grown man now in a child head? I mean, at least they didn't speak? go into the womb because it's like, don't ever go in the womb. That's why yeah, it didn't make it in the actual film. That's why yeah. that shit was in the director's cut. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't ever go I don't back think it to the better. womb. I don't think it went better. <laughs> this movie would have been better if they did that. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes back and just kills himself. Like, why? <laughs> Can you imagine two films in 2004 <laughs> where the character goes back into their mother's womb to kill themselves? <laughs> like, why was this the, like, trendiest thing to do in 2004? <laughs> That's how the regular then. <laughs> the regulars is gonna end that way. <laughs> Phil goes back in time, yeah. killed himself in the womb, and then the film never happens. <laughs> the film never happened. <laughs> the second problem they ran into, which was particularly tough for Kaufman, was if Joel is having his memories erased, then as each memory disappears, he should be unable to refer to it in the ensuing scenes. Yeah. So how can he still remember what happened previously if it's been erased? They decided that Joel's memories would be degraded, illustrated through surreal visual effects. So that's the blurry faces, um, but that they wouldn't vanish altogether until Joel awakens after the procedure. Yeah. It was something else sure. I was thinking about when I was watching it, because it's almost like, I think it's the whole thing. Cause it's kind of confusing, particularly when he's grabbed her and she, he's with her, interacting with her in his dreams but i guess that's sort of or like his memories but he's acting as if it's a lucid dream so he can control things and he can get her but she's on board and she knows what's going on with the memory but it's not her so it's It's kind of the idea of her yeah but it gets all confusing (laughs) and stuff especially when it gets to the point where i mean dude the i think the big thing is um the remember montauk and that turns into borderline some people think is a plot hole you know finding mistakes in the writing watch out for the plot holes 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 yeah watch out for the plot holes all right so that's the whole thing so it's his idea of her he's had regrets obviously elijah wood's character patrick he elicits a little bit of weirdness by bringing up Joel's, I don't know, game. He starts giving her things. He starts saying things or doing things that he learned that Joel did with her. It's very creepy. Yeah. He's using. Yeah. He, his, and he's breaking yeah. the, the he, game. Basically. Yeah. He's yeah. using his moves and stuff to like and seduce to, her. Yeah. And it turns into <laughs> this weird thing. So like she sort of freaks out a little bit, I think, because I think, it triggers something. Yeah, and of course. I, and if you go by the logic of Kristen Dunst's character, Mary, so she's in there, basically has that pre- previous relationship with yeah. Dr. Howard Doctor. Uh, Mirzwiak. And, you know, obviously she keeps like coming back and it's she like, keep she, falling yeah, for she him. keeps falling for him. So maybe by that logic that Joel 
and Clementine will meet again. But the whole thing of like, remember Montauk, yeah. it's very odd. If that all happened in Joel's brain, why did Clementine in real life, who wasn't in Joel's actual brain, because that was just his thoughts of her or his memories of her <laughs> that he's interacting with, go to Montauk at the exact same time? Like, it's a yeah, bit that bit's weird. Where yeah. they meet again, but if you go by the logic of maybe it was just a coincidence and that they were do, they would eventually meet again at some point. Yeah, and I think Elijah, maybe Elijah would, uh, because he keep you know you're supposed to get rid of all this thing, all the uh, items. Yeah, but he keeps them around, and by keeping them around, using things. Yeah, I think maybe you know just saying certain things, doing certain thing, it maybe triggered. Like it's a domino effect, but yeah. she remembered more. But yeah, it's more like it, the way it's laid out in the movie, quite serendipitous. It's yeah. almost like a magical quality that you have to give up to. But again, that's hard to do with a movie that tried to base itself in sci fi. Yeah. And it's yeah. not like very specific. You know, they don't tell you really what. And I appreciate that. It's like what the procedure done. Because even a doctor, like, you know, technically it's brain damage, yeah. what we're doing, you know? It's I like just, that line. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love that. It's just sincere yeah. honesty. It's just like, we're just going to go in and we're just going to fucking nap that fucking emotional bit of your brain. We can map your brain. We can find the root of these memories. We've fucking talked to you for hours about it. And we're just going to fucking nap it until yeah. you can barely remember yeah. it. And then if nobody ever talked about it again, you essentially won't remember it. It makes so much sense when he like wakes up, like, uh, it, you know, at the beginning of the film and he's having this rough day and he's thinking all this stuff and he's like, you know, he doesn't remember tearing out that page. And it's like all of this weird stuff. He's just like, his mind is fucked because he's just woken up from having Could two years of his life completely zapped. It'd be like the brain. worst hangover ever. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of her by the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. It yeah. felt like a very much a, predecessor to that movie yeah i haven't seen that in a while either but hey it's always like spike jones or somebody like that like one of the <laughs> same fucking group of people like yeah. when asked about the title of the film the charlie kaufman was talking to bbc news and uh how and they were i guess they mentioned something about how people struggle to remember you know eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is kind of a bit of a mouthful and he says mm. i like that it's cumbersome the lovely title. My yeah. original title was 18 words long. I wanted it to be something you could yeah. possibly fit on a marquee. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> but he eventually decided on Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is a title originating from the 1717 poem Eloisa to Abelard. I'm probably saying that yeah, wrong. They, they read it. In the Alexander movie, Pope, which uh, yeah. is what Pope Alexander. Person, yeah, Pope Alexander, which is what Kirsten Dunst recites the line from. And, uh, you know, that snap your fingers at the screen like Leo moment. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. oh, said the title. She fucking said it. Also, originally in the script, as an inside joke, the Lacuna office was going to be like in the uh, Merton Flimmer building, which is uh, the same building from being John Malkovich. So it would have oh, existed funny. in that same fucking block. With Charlie Kaufman cinematic <laughs> universe. Could you imagine yeah. that? <laughs> that would be the most confusing movie in the world. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey, he plays Joel Barish. But the character of Joel, like it was written with bi- basically autobiographical traits of Charlie Kaufman. So that's why yeah, no it shit. starts off just straight up like miserable fucking adaptation like, character all over again. <laughs> yeah, like every yeah. Charlie Kaufman character. But originally, speaking of adaptation, Nicolas Cage 
was the first choice that Michelle Gondry had to play Joel. And this was back when Nicolas Cage was in very high demand, uh, still off the back of his Oscar win from leaving Las Vegas. So it's kind of funny. If this was made today, he'd be like, yeah, oh, uh, let me see. Uh, I've only got 25 films to make this weekend. Sure. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Can I do it with a Jamaican accent? <laughs> <laughs> Why? No. <laughs> no. That was the thing with um uh Michelle Gondry they and Michelle Gondry made Green Hornet for the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking that whole that'd be a whole episode. What yeah. an interesting film that is. Seth Rogen and Michelle Gondry made the Green Hornet. And uh the bad guy was meant to be and Christoph Walton. Oh yeah, it me- I it forgot to- about that. Yeah, but it was meant to be. I think Nick Cage, or oh, Nick Cage was supposed to play someone, but he, he wanted to do insisted, it with a Jamaican. He insisted on doing it with a Jamaican yeah. accent, and Seth Rogen was like, "Can't do it." You know, it's like wouldn't be in good taste to be like fucking. It's like Gary Oldman in True Romance. Yeah, like, it's, it's not, not it's cool. Not man. aged well. <laughs> yeah, like please, I don't want to yeah. see that. It's yeah. just not cool. Jim Carrey mentioned he was handed the script and he was thrilled to be considered for the part. And he was cast against type. He also mentioned in Jim and Andy, that documentary, which is great. It's on Netflix. Great documentary. It's a work. The whole thing is a fucking work. I'm <laughs> yeah, telling you. It's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned in that documentary that he had spoken to Michelle Gondry a year prior to shooting. And then he had just ended a relationship with a unnamed woman, which was likely Renee Zellweger because he was dating her like prior to, and it sent him into a really bad state emotionally. And Michelle Gondry said that he was so beautiful and so broken. And he asked him to stay that way for the character for like a full fucking year. Stay sad. Don't yeah. work on yourself. Don't just be yeah. this. Don't be a happy person. Don't yeah. don't better yourself mentally at all. <laughs> it could be fucking great, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> so in the documentary, Jim Carrey said, that's how fucked up this business is. <laughs> that's true yeah. yeah i mean but fuck does it work yeah he's so fucking good at eternal sunshine and most of it is because michelle gondry forbade jim carrey from improvising yeah he let everyone else improvise their fucking asses off but he purposely forbade him from improvising and he also purposely gave him the wrong orders on set and he mm. would roll camera at the wrong time. That's what And he I was heard, just yeah. keeping Jim Carrey off balance. Filming rehearsals. Basically yeah. in hopes that he'd forget what he should do to be Joel. And he would just be Joel. To be Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. And to, yeah, just get out of Jim Carrey, be Joel. And he wouldn't let him, like he had to stick to the script. He wouldn't, and like, you know, he's sitting in bed. He's got this machine on his head. And you've got <laughs> Kirsten Dunst and Mark Ruffalo dancing on the bed. Yeah, and, getting hired shit yeah. right next to him. And they're like they're like improvising their asses off and he was getting angry. He was like, dude, like how come they're going off script? What the fuck? Like, and I can't and just sit there yeah. with your eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um he was also doing some pretty funny things with like making Jim Carrey run between two characters at the same time in the same scene. So like, you know, there's that scene where he, he runs into the office and it's, you know, it's in his memories and it's all, it's a really cool shot where it's all dark around and it's like the handheld cameras and you could tell they're just using like, like it's like a video camera or something. It's like yeah. a light from the camera. And, uh, 
like Michelle Gondry told Jim Carrey, you're going to run in, you're going around the camera, you're going to put on the hat, you're going to take it off, and you're going to put it on and take it off. And, then, <laughs> and, and he said he literally wanted to run back as back and forth as quick as possible to play the worked up version of himself where he's got the hat on and he's all like freaked out and trying to talk to the doctor. And then he would have to take it off, run around the camera, get in the chair. Uh, and is he's got the, I think the machine on his head and he's, he's all tranced out and his brains being mapped out by the doctor. And Jim Carrey said like, that's impossible. I can't do that. And Michelle Gondry is just like, how do you know if you don't try? <laughs> <laughs> And he did it. That's how they did that scene. That's Fair insane. Enough. They didn't do like any camera tricks or anything. That's Jim Carrey literally just running back and forth. Uh, yeah, man. Good on him. Yeah. I mean, fucking crazy. Doesn't sound like the nicest place to work for a bit. Yeah. It, Reminds it, me of my it, like one take of... shot of Summer Girl. Like the. Um, oh, I love that. And Josh is like sitting there with like the fucking blow up saxophone thing. And he just like runs behind me. He's at the front of the building. Just like. <laughs> uh, Kate Winslet plays Clementine Krasinski. She says this is her favorite performance she's ever done. Really? I think it's one of her best. It's like, one of her better she's ones. Really good in it. It's like she yeah. she again was cast against type. You know, she had been playing a lot of period roles and like English period films and all that sort of stuff. So. She apparently got the part because she was like the only actress to give any negative or critical input on the script. Like, so I like her. <laughs> uh, and the studio tried to get another actress for the role um, after whoever it was had just won an Oscar, but Michelle Gondry threatened to quit. And he was just like, oh, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> she said the movie was shit. We must have her. <laughs> it's going to be a great movie. Has she won an Oscar by this point? Was she? Did she win for anything at this point? I don't, I don't know. know. I oh. feel like she she won for like wasn't Titanic, Revolutionary right? Road or one of those. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that happened yet. Yeah, a few years later. Let's just say Oscar winning actress, yeah. Kate Winslet. Yeah. He was like, she will win. <laughs> <laughs> she she won for the Reader in two thousand eight. Okay. But she was nominated for Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. And Titanic and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, this, we talked a lot about Manic Pixie Dream Girl uh, going on. (laughs) Yeah. In Garden State. But this is, this is often kind of like been put it as like put up as the opposite of that. And it was even before that term even got like coined. uh, Yeah. A lot of people were bringing up about how this character goes completely opposite of that type of archetypal character that would appear in films a lot. So it's a like interesting depiction because like Clementine just warns Joel, like, you know, she's flawed from the get go. She's like too many guys think I'm a concept or I complete them or I'm going to make them feel alive. I'm just a fucked up girl. Who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me to yours or don't assign me yours. Yeah. Like, so that's like just an interesting character. It's interesting what we get in this film. It's almost like the same thing that's going to happen next week. But it's like, the same you thing. Don't, you There's don't a development see it. happening. Yeah, you don't, you don't see, see it. it. This is really from the perspective of both characters. And I think that's what's interesting. More than the other ones. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So like, of course, Joel is the one we're following the whole time. But you get a lot of Clementine. And you, I don't know. Like, it's not, it's not that Joel's not listening 
it, it you know, because the n- next week, oh my God, that guy's not listening. <laughs> Joel, I think Joel's taking it in. Yeah. But it's because it's interesting. The end of the film, they like, because they, it, by the end, they know what each other has said about each other. The worst thing. The and worst. that's the whole thing is that they won't fucking talk to each other. Yeah. Which is what most of these goddamn movies. Yeah. Like, she, you know, she, um, she's quite outright with what she perceived to be her flaws and acts on them anyway. Yeah. Where he is, you know, distant and repressed and just yeah. doesn't say anything and then lashing out. But like, you know, he's always writing in a journal and she's like, fucking let me in. I don't know you. How are we supposed to <laughs> do this? But yeah. it's like this thing of like, she kind of starts it yeah. because she, yeah, yeah. she's, uh, impulsive and she does shit or just random shit whatever you know and they have a bad fight and her instinct is to go and just erase them and then he does it back out of like just petty spite, revenge yeah. out of spite but regrets it in the moment because he's still kind of awake and then tries to undo it that's interesting it's weird it's weird this movie had it both ways for yeah. me like like we're we're getting this recurring thing and I'll try I'll try and lay this out as simply as possible but all of these movies I'm assuming are written by guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but every story is weird. It's sort of pushing back on the cultural stereotype that women are needy and emotional and uh, men are the one to a distant and non-committal and stuff. But these movies keep doing the opposite where it's the guys who like want something serious and they keep hooking up with these girls who are like weird manic pixie dream girls who like to dye their hair and you know like you know get are into like cool music and shit yeah but like you know won't fucking <laughs> just say they love them or whatever won't be with them like they want them to you know what it and is it, dude it's a weird thing that it's happening in yeah. all these movies you know what it is i think what it is is that like uh because i i i will admit that I probably have been into girls like that when I was younger. The The stereotype of women being attracted to the bad boy, this is like, it's yeah. flip. This it's is what equivalent. I think guys are attracted to, or at least like most, the, the stereotypical thing of what a guy is attracted to is just like the girl that exactly like you flip it with the women being attracted to the bad boy, the one that you shouldn't be with, the person that like isn't good for you or the person that like can't really ever commit to you. It's it's the opposite. It's yeah, this is yeah. exactly what person it is. you can it's, fix or whatever. Yeah, it's the person you're never gonna be able to take because they don't want to be like they don't want to be tied down to anything. Like, um, and people can't really like, you know, grasp that. Like, you know, the guys yeah. can't grasp that. And I think yeah. it's a very real type of person. There's plenty of people like this, you know, who are like they really touch on some stuff that, like, you know, I think she could have personality disorders and stuff you know like um borderline personality disorder but they don't really go that far with it obviously with yeah. Clementine, but yeah i mean same with him she yeah. she yeah in the end i'm saying this movie does it better could they, yeah. she does actually become a very interesting fully fledged character but i think even you know like the movie neither side of this whatever quality wise they do it in varying degree to the context of that movie you know like yeah, yeah. you know you don't know them that well but you don't need to in that move in this movie or whatever but in this one it for me it started like that it started like all these other movies mm-hmm. but it's like and it felt weird because 
against Kate Winslet, and she is playing very much against type. When Jim Carrey, I'm much more comfortable playing this kind of role. I've seen it many times now. Yeah, yeah. Kate Winslet is more of a you know a very you see her as a very serious uh, British actress. You know, more she's known for her period pieces, and here she is playing like a very down to earth, like middle American, like kooky girl with like a lot of fucking like personality issues and like she dyed her hair every week. She like, like she'd fucking Ramona flowers from Scott Pilgrim <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's almost not believable. It's almost like maybe I'm seeing her as like too old to play the part because I really, I only ever see that character portrayed as younger, but yeah, you do actually get to know her in interesting and deep ways more than maybe some of the other movies. I think that's what saved it in the end is that, they, there is a really believable couple here and a really believable relationship mm-hmm. happening, yeah. even if it's very messy and unkind at times, but then you get it. You yeah. Get and it it's, it's also, you don't really know like what was going on when her mind was being erased as well. So yeah. I think that kind of can like, you know, when I was harping back on that, like possible plot, you know, you don't know what she was going through cause you don't see it. So you don't really know, like, if she was having regrets while her whole mind erasure thing was going on. And she was hanging on to memories of Joel as well. Because we're really only seeing what was going on in his mind. It'd be interesting to see from her perspective of, like, if she, like, had any second thoughts about it and was regretting things and, like, was going through her own same adventure inside her own brain. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other movie happening underneath this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned her hair dye. So instead of dyeing her hair, she actually wore wigs in the film. And that was because she was all up for dyeing it, but it was just like not practical at all mm. as uh, they were shooting different scenes and various memories jump back each and day. It wasn't shot sequentially. Yeah. So literally some days she, she said, literally, I would be starting with my hair red and then by lunchtime I would be blue. And then by the afternoon, <laughs> I'll be going back to red again. I didn't think they were yeah. wigs. They were, good yeah, job. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. Does not look like a wig at all. Speaking of lunchtime, snack time! It's definitely not over, though Christmas is near. And Santa brought some money crumb for snack time. Ho, ho, ho. It's snack time. It's snack time. And Santa brought some money crumb for snack time. Wow, that was forced. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Quick one. I yeah, didn't really I'm, know. I can take a fucking guess what you got. What do you think I got? Did you get a Clementine? No, I didn't. I, oh. was, I was tempted to. Yeah. I was trying to think of what to get and I wasn't really sure. And um one thing that I thought was kind of funny, it just stuck out in my head was when she dis- when Jim Carrey like he's going through his fucking memories and Joel like says that really nasty thing about her, like about how she's only sleeps with people to like get, get them to, to like, like her. her. Yeah, really um, horrible line. And she like I'm fucking leaving. And she just starts yeah. grabbing a few things off the counter and just like walks off. One of the things that she grabbed, and I thought this was the funniest fucking thing, was a canister of Pringles. God, <laughs> so I didn't even notice that. I got like a can of Pringles, a little miniature can, not as big 
is uh, like the her thing. can. But yeah, it's a very blink and you miss it thing. And I thought it was funny because it's like, of course, you're going to take your Pringles. Yeah, of course. <laughs> she definitely dude, brought I'm not going to let him have the Pringles. Yeah, yeah Joel. I bought, I bought, these are my I, Pringles. I bought my, these Pringles. My fucking Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, classic original nice. Pringles, which everybody knows what those are all about. They're great. Five out nice. of five. Easy. Whatever the fucking ranking is, I don't know what it is. <laughs> five out of five. Um, uh, <laughs> wait, I'll think of something. Pillows over the face. Yeah, five out of five <laughs> pillows over the face. There we go. That's good. That's you know, a they, those are really game. good. Yeah, those are really good with uh, without the kid like uh, a snack. I really loved with Kit Kat and OG Pringles. You'd have like a bite of Pringles and a couple Pringles, like a bite of Kit Kat and a couple Pringles, sweet and salty. Just, mm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I can't do that anymore. Regular Pringles are the best. Yeah. Well, what I have, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking eternal sunshine. Oh. The spotless mind. Talking sunshine. And what do you get from sunshine? Vitamin D. D. God damn it! That's what I got. I got some <laughs> vitamin D tablets. I'm sick. These might help. It's London. It's gray as fuck. We don't get sun. And I need this. You need it. I need it, bro. Would have made you better if you'd been taking it before. Well, you know, you're only supposed to take one a day. (laughs) So I had to save it for now. This is depressing as the Acura episode. (laughs) Yeah, this is like my reference to the Acura. (laughs) And I'm like so hopped up. I have so like like, passionate about inhaler. Cough medicine. (laughs) He's giving away next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are, these are things if you through. donate to the regulars, this is what you get. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take it. Mm. Yeah, good. How many I, I can't, I really can't rate it. Can I rate it in like half yeah, an hour and see, see if it makes me feel different? <laughs> yeah, it literally has no taste or anything. Yeah. It's easy to swallow. Five yeah. out of five. I think one of the things that was kind of funny about Kate Winslet in this film, though, is just because she is so different. Like you were saying, she feels so like she's playing a different kind of character than you're used to. And she's really big in this film. And I think the thing was that she was being coached by Michelle Gondry. Like he would take her aside and offer her suggestions. And she she was the one who said, I'm going to go bigger than Jim, Jim Carrey in this film. And uh, she was like, she there, can't, there can't be two Jim Carreys and I'm going to be the Jim Carrey and he's going to get squashed down. And Michelle Gondry was like, yes. <laughs> you know, he was like, yes. Yeah, do it. So, yeah, he would tell her uh, to go big. This is a comedy. And then he would just tell Jim Carrey it's a drama. It's a drama. And it just further made him miserable. Someone else that he made miserable was uh, Tom Wilkinson who played Dr. Howard Mirzowiak. I really? don't know why, but for some reason... They clashed. Tom Wilkinson was not very happy during this time. I think it was one of those things where he, Michelle Gondry was like, I could get away with telling Jim Carrey, like, you know, this is a drama and like, you know, you can't improvise, blah, blah, blah. And he couldn't really understand why, like, he could do that. But then when he would try to direct Tom Wilkinson, Tom Wilkinson would be like, but why? And then he would just like, be like, fucking terrified. And like, I, 
This guy's <laughs> legit, man. He like, was the bad he guy in that begin. Jim Carrey, he's the biggest star in the world, and he's he's just fucking taking it like a little yeah. bitch. And I was, you're <laughs> over here like, why, and I'm fucking afraid of you for some reason. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't how, know. That's how, how it's written. That's how it's written. It's in the script. Monsieur Kaufman. Kaufman. come over here. Come here. You explain to Monsieur Will Kaufman why he has to say Dude, when? <laughs> why and I, why, why I want him to be naked <laughs> in this scene? <laughs> <laughs> your Batman, Mister Mister Wilkinson. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst plays uh, Mary Speedo, <laughs> who uh, works in the office. She's Howard's sort of receptionist or whatever, and then you start Absolutely to brilliant. wonder why she's so. It, it's funny how they do it. They do it really. She cleverly. played it really well. You're like, she kind of into this dude. Are they yeah. gonna play on it again? If you're not remembering, like we yeah. were, we, and I then was not remembering. Actually, paid off. Yeah. But then, like, what is Mark? I'm gonna call him Marky Mark. That's not him. What is the Incredible Hulk doing? Like, did he? Because he's into her, but he yeah, deliberately they totally leaves. did it right. Like they definitely they did. Yeah, sex. yeah. And they, 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 I think they're kind of casually seeing each other. That's yeah. why she comes over and shit. Yeah. My mouth feels really weird after the vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just had to just say weed. it. Like if if I if I like passed out, like you know, yeah, it's like really, it's like not lactating. Fuck, Sal- salivating a lot, like more than usual. You know, drooler, uh, drooler, droolers. drooler, she drooling. Um, uh. but why did he leave them to it? You know what I mean? He leaves the apartment like he knows what's up. Yeah, you don't leave to smoke or anything, and then the fucking wife showed. Up. But then, but why? Also, how did the wife know? Did he? Did he call her? He leaved in the middle of the fucking yeah, night. Like, I bet she knows. But where does she? Like, how does she know where he's going? He writes it down. Oh, he did. Okay. Or he said it. Yeah, I'm assuming he took that bit of paper he wrote it down on. Yeah. <laughs> I was just kind weird. of confused of like she just appeared. She just appeared. And it was like great, long that's a away, great way he, to reveal it. He was there for a long time doing stuff. Yeah. And then she just appears like right when, yeah. Unless, unless you just think, oh, Mark Ruffalo just like went and called her just out of spite or something. I don't know. <laughs> I okay. don't know. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I guess Mark Ruffalo knew that there was something kind of going on because he could probably tell that she was crushing on the doctor. And he liked her, so it's that weird thing of like, oh, uh, you know, give him space, go out. Oh, because he doesn't know, actually. Yeah, he says he doesn't know. Oh, he doesn't know, sorry, yeah. yeah. He doesn't know. He he said he didn't know about their past relationship, so. Yeah, not by him, because it's Mark yeah. Ruffler. Mark Ruffler's a good guy. <laughs> He's the nicest even man in the world. Yeah, even with his like 2000 fucking biked up hair and shit. You know what that is? He got the role because he suggested his character be obsessed with the Clash and try to be looking like Joe Strummer. And he looked like Joe Strummer, and he's I mean, talking yeah. about the Clash, yeah. the only and band that mattered, man. A Clash shirt and everything. And again, so, next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Michelle Gondry is like, oh, I like that. The Clash. I like the Clash. Yeah. We. Oui. <laughs> Did you know oh, he oui. used to be a drummer in a band? Michelle called, Gondry. Yeah, called Wee oui, Wee. Oui. Fucking hell. I'm not lying at all. I was about to joke something like that. Like what they called Wee Wee or something. That's not cool, lying. man. He was the drummer oh. of this band in the 80s. Cool. All man. right. 
You know, it was kind of weird French pop. But, you know. Of course. Did you know he also invented or claimed to invented bullet time? Really? He did it like five years before the Matrix. He did it for an advert. You can see it. Wow. You can see it online. It's really oh, weird. I kind of believe it. He's weird uh, like that. He's weird. I yeah. think he holds a grudge. Yeah. It's like, motherfucker, you didn't make the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not like that one you, shot you might made have it. You yeah. invented bullet time, but you didn't yeah. invent the, ba- the Matrix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You made Eternal Sunshine, which is yeah. close enough. <laughs> yeah, weird enough. <laughs> for sure. So in the script, Mary and Howard's relationship actually resulted in an unplanned pregnancy, leading to Howard pr- pressuring Mary into an abortion, Fuck. which Howard erased from her memory. But they that's luckily dark, man. took that bit out because that's really dark. It's a bit too much. Yeah, because you already, I already got that sentiment yeah. that he probably did pressure her because he got a wife and kid and he's a piece of shit. Speaking of piece of shit, Elijah Wood. <laughs> what word? I love Elijah Wood so much. He's... He's so great. He's, great he's just yeah. great in everything, isn't he? Yeah. Even if he's like playing this weird ass role like this, he's just like such just a just like this shit. little punk kid. And you forget how young he is, yeah. man. Like you forget yeah. that he was a literal child making Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So it's weird to see him in anything else, and he's just playing a young dude. And you're like, that's weird, man. Yeah. When he was like, in so many weird things like back then. Like wasn't he like in faculty? faculty? I love yeah, the faculty. these films where he's just like really young. It's like wow. Yeah. Oh, really man. good. So funny seeing him pop up and things. Like Wait, I forgot dick. he was in this. Apparently, you and you were mentioned the fucking Green Hornet. Seth Rogen auditioned for that role. Apparently, really? Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Another couple of cool people you see is uh, David Cross and Jane Adams playing Joel's friends. Robin I'm making Carey. a birdhouse. <laughs> so good. Great. And this, I had no idea about this, and there is a deleted scene that you can see on YouTube. Um, so Naomi, Joel's ex that he was with when he met, um, uh, when he met Clementine. Yeah. They mentioned her. A few they were times. living together and then you never see her though. That was supposed to be Ellen Pompeo. They had scenes. So from Grey's Anatomy, like, oh, you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she, she was in scenes. Um, there was like a scene of her right before he leaves to go to the party where she goes like, Oh, go have fun. You know, I wish I can come go have fun, you know, go get laid. And she, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. looks at her all like weird. And then she's just like, I'm just joking. Um, but then, yeah, don't actually do that. Yeah. And then he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get in the music. Phil. It's weird. Oh boy. John Bryan is. Back. I know. This music is weird in this movie though. I really like it though. I think it's another banger of an original score by John Bryan. It's really cool. Like I think it's, it's, it's cool. It took some really getting cool. again, it took some getting yeah. used to. I found it quite distracting at the beginning. Yeah. But you kind of need it. Yeah. You need to break I guess you need it. You need him to start doing it there. Yeah. So it can come later and it's not so jarring. Yeah. It's, it's quite it's not quite as like on the line on the lines of um Punch Drunk Love or anything, but it's a fucking Nice little John Bryan soundtrack. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it in the second half mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. I thought it was really, really nice. Um, the score was so good, in fact, or at least by somebody. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to call him a genius. He'll call himself a genius. Um, <laughs> but it was so good, in fact, that Kanye West. Fuck yeah. Got in touch with John Bryan to help him collaborate on Gold Digger after hearing the score. Kanye West, <laughs> my boy, for good taste. And you even get a song, which I love, because uh, you don't hear uh, enough in the early John Bryan uh, scores, like film scores. 
there's a song where he actually sings as well, and I think he's got a great voice. And it's a song oh, called uh, "Strings That Tie You," uh, "Strings That Tie to You." Um, so yeah, that's in the film somewhere, maybe in the credits. I'm not really sure, but it's a cool song. I was listening to it last night. Um, there's also two tracks from the Garage Band, "The Willows," which is one of one of which is when they're dancing on the bed, um, and then there's a couple of tracks by the poly the polyponic spree and then there's a really cool cover at the end credits of the corgus song everybody's got to learn sometime done by beck but with music by john bryan so that's like pretty sick i I felt like i hear that song a lot and i don't know which version i'm hearing (laughs) that version or if i'm hearing a version from you know the because the original band did a version there was a version by some brit pop like artist back in the 90s like this I don't know. It's been numerous versions of that song. Eternal Sunshine began shooting in January of 2003, mostly in and around New York, lasting three months. They dealt with some harsh weather conditions because New York had been hit with a really bad winter, which I think actually worked out for that shot of Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet on the ice that has become so iconic because I think Michelle Gondry wanted there to be snow. But, you mm-hmm. know, they lucked out that that whole lake was just frozen over. And now it's just like become one of the most like recognizable thing. It's on the fucking cover of the it's really poster cool. and everything. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michelle Gondry had some wild ideas for how he, the film should be shot. So he wanted like the cinematographer, Ellen Curis, to only shoot with available light. So <laughs> that meant or like, natural light. Yeah. So like there was be no extra lights of lighting the fucking, um, actors or anything so she was basically just having to like hide like light bulbs around the set to increase light <laughs> levels there's <laughs> a lot of impro- improvisation going on like i said um except for jim carrey so yeah, that, of course. that kept uh, them on their toes and curris was never really sure where the actors would be they weren't sticking to their fucking marks or anything so it was kind of like insane good luck and then uh they had two handheld cameras shooting near three three sixty degree footage at all times, uh, with some thirty six thousand feet of film to deal with. It was like <laughs> raffle tickets coming out of a skee-ball machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michel Gondry also called back to the new wave days, the French new wave, and he was using like wheelchairs and a sled and chariot dollies instead of actual traditional dollies. So he was using like really old school methods. Um, I think like the wheelchair was creating a lot of bumpy sort of effects and stuff, but they liked it so much. They just kept it in. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was released in March of 2004, earning around $34.4 million in the USA and $39.6 million in international markets for a total of $74 million on a budget of $20 million which was probably all Jim Carrey's payday. No one else. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. Critically, it was pretty well received with Roger Ebert giving the film three, three and a half out of four stars and calling Kaufman, one of the most gifted screenwriters of the two thousands. And I think he did one of those fucking things where he like revisited it years later and gave it a full four out of four. Stick to your guns, Roger Ebert. Uh, I thought you could come back and be back. like, actually, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think I'm okay with, I, I don't know. 
I'm okay I don't like with to provision people. this bullshit. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's a bit strange. I don't know how I sit on it. Like, Could I'm it okay happen? with them ha- being honest it. It and say happens. maybe I was wrong, but don't yeah. fucking change your rating. Yeah, there are, like you know, there are movies you know we have. I bet that are like you know you watched it when you were younger, you loved it. Now you hate it. Vice versa. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't usually happen the other way? I don't think I've ever like hated a movie and then gone to loving it. I can't. Mm. I that maybe it has. But like, it tends to only happen because everybody else thinks it's great, and yeah. you get peer pressured into, into <laughs> yeah, doing yeah, it. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Ao Scott of the New York Times praised the film for being cerebral, formally and conceptually complicated, dense with literary, literary allusions, and unabashedly romantic as a movie as any movie you'll ever see. Yeah, I think that's quite beautiful. Like, yeah, it's dense and it's very clever, and it's filled with ideas and complex um, structure, but it does find time to be actually quite romantic. And that yeah. it, that would have absolutely killed that movie if you actually didn't give a shit about the love story yeah. and didn't care that they would end up back together again. Something Even if it's doomed to repeat itself. I kind of like yeah, that as well. That's a really nice, ambiguous, yeah. sort of bittersweet ending. Again, yeah. that's something, you know, Nolan is lacking. You know, sometimes he can do it, but it's like he had the idea. But when he tried to go for the heart, it doesn't quite work. See, that was the thing Kubrick knew. He never really tried. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not going to fucking do I'm it. not going to try. I'd have I'd just as soon as have my this lead is, try to kill his wife instead of yeah, reconcile anything. This is all cerebral, right? Yeah. This is all psychological. Yeah. This is a movie you're just going to think about, but it's nothing yeah. going to make you cry. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, yeah, I agree anyway. with that. Yeah, because Christopher Nolan does. Yeah. I think that's why you get these ambiguous endings from him that are like, I don't know, just kind of feel like a letdown because he just doesn't know, I think. He doesn't know how to end it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this is like, it's a great ending because it's like, dude, they are aware of the fact of everything that they said about each other. They heard it on those tapes and they know and it's fucking embarrassing and it's like horrible and you don't, you're like, dude, how could you? (laughs) But they're also very aware that their memories even though they did it themselves, they did it to themselves, were wrongfully stolen from them. Yeah. And they, you know, they can't get that back. And the only way to do that is just to to live those memories again. Make new ones. And make new ones. And It's great. And they you choose don't know. to do that. You don't it's know if they'll stay together or not. You take a chance. Every time you take yeah. a chance. Which is. And that's what kind of. Yeah, very nice sort the, of ending. At the end. Yeah. Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet were both praised for their performances with Jim Carrey receiving a BAFTA and Golden Globe nomination. Didn't win, but, you know, it's nice. And Kate Winslet (laughs) received multiple award nominations, including an Academy Award and BAFTA nomination. Also, didn't win, but, you know, it's pretty nice. It would have been nice. Um, (laughs) Also, Charlie Kaufman, Michelle Gondry, and Pierre Bismuth, the guy who came up with the original idea, won an Oscar. For best original screenplay. So, oh, nice. <laughs> good. One of the Academy Awards. It's a great fucking idea. It and is. it's a good, it's one of those ideas that, like, I think I said it before. I like ideas where you can, they feel like they come from a real place. That feels yeah. like it's a big idea, but it, it clearly comes from, like, a bad breakup. Yeah. 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 And you're like, fuck, I wish I could just forget this person. Yeah. But obviously, you don't want to forget that person. Also, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Apparently, Michelle Gondry had a messy breakup while making this film. 
and he was like, oh, I understand it now. Yeah, before <laughs> I, I was like, whatever, before. but now I get it. I, get I want it. to uh, drill Charlie into my head he's, and take it out. He's genius. Genius? No? No. No. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh, no? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that uh, Eternal Sunshine in the Spotless Mind. I mean, I don't know. We did it. We did it. We did it. It's the best one so far. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's find out what happens next week. Still deep. Next week. We finally four. escape 2004. <laughs> oh, finally. We finally escape 2004. And we're going to see <laughs> as we move on from a couple who erases each other from their memories to the year 2009. Let's see what happens five years later where there is a couple you wish would erase each other from their memory or at least. A guy ha. <laughs> who'd erase the girl from his memory to save us from the embarrassment of having to go through 90 minutes of him not getting it. That she's getting it. Not, Get there faster. She just didn't want anything serious in the first place. In Mark Webb's 500 Days of Summer. Hey. <laughs> Stay tuned to that next week. As always, you can follow us at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Pop us an email, podcastprincecharlescinema.com. How thoughts are your deeps or how <laughs> deeps are your how thoughts? thoughts are your I don't deeps? know anymore. How are you having two thoughts, thoughts, two deeps? Do you need your memory erased? Call this number now. Yeah. I think if I think if this was the podcast, if every week we did an episode like a movie like this, yeah. I think it would, would break us eventually. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you watch <laughs> yeah. The Matrix a bit too many times, you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, if you'd like to support the podcast, it's the PCC. Uh, I can't speak anymore. I'm broken. If you'd like to support the podcast. I'm going to erase the memory over, of you doing the outro. <laughs> head over to patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. $5 or more a month gets you uh, bonus episodes when we feel like it, apparently. And uh, <laughs> early access at any rate. Uh, you you decide to support us. You get early access to episodes. It's Two cool. We'll do we'll do Ghostbusters. We'll do Ghostbusters next month. Yeah, we'll it's do cool. it soon. Just wait. We'll figure it out. Just maybe. God damn. Maybe Ari and I, if Phil watches it, we'll do. Last night in Soho as well. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I mean, I'm gone for two weeks. So just, just do yeah. it. You know? I'll, I'll figure out something maybe <laughs> while you're gone. I'll just do an yeah. episode by myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, you can find me at Tall for All T A L L, the number four A L L on Twitter and Instagram. Phil, where can people find you? I'm at Faraway Thad on Twitter, and uh, please support the regular, the regular film um, on Indiegogo. Uh, you can find it online just Google it yeah um, it, but you can look at the official Twitter page which is at the regular film the link is there um, but yeah please share and donate that's what I'm doing that's what I'll be doing till the end of time do it do it do, do the it. thing do your thing if you don't do thing. we're gonna erase you bro we're gonna erase you <laughs> <laughs> you get the mind eraser <laughs> we're gonna like somehow break into head. your phone and erase you uh, erase us from your downloaded podcast. Yeah, but then we're going to download an app you don't use <laughs> and then subscribe no, you you to our podcast again so that you're still subscribed and we're still getting your like downloads, but you won't even know about it until one day your phone's <laughs> going to be so bogged down <laughs> it's because it's, there's going to be hundreds no of storage. Of us yeah, just like in your fucking unlistened and hidden away in your phone. 
uh, podcast app. So you better you better support. Just, I mean, yeah, just you, you don't wait. want that. You don't I, want that. I don't want it's, you to have to go through that. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, we're friends. We're trying to help you. Okay, just come on. Do this thing. All right. See you next week for another piece of shit film that might just be pretty good because it has a good soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See you then. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Copa Connections, A Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.